0: Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word coming forth, God. Thank you, Lord, that you showed me to do this, Lord. I don't even want to do this today, Lord, but you showed me to do this, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're preparing your church, God. You're preparing, preparing it so the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, God. And I thank you, Lord, that every enemy of God and every enemy of your church and bride, you will reveal, God, and you will take them out, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you shall open our eyes today, and God, that you shall take us into the deep strategies of heaven, God. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. This message that I got today is called Diversion. Ooh. Yeah. Is anybody even on that anyway? No, we just started it, so we just. Okay. This message is called Diversion. And God's saying to you and to everybody in the body of Christ are you a diverter? Or are you a converter? Are you going to divert the truth? Or are you going to convert to the truth? Are you going to hear the truth and you're going to... Are you going to turn it up, turn it against that that person? Or are you going to shift it another way? So that you can't can't take the truth for yourself? Or are you going to just give in and surrender to it? Acts 16, 16 through 18. Once... We were going to a place of prayer. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Everybody knows this one. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. So this girl, diviner, we have heard this before. She goes, she's going to Paul, saying the true thing, saying the right thing. Moving in the spirit of divination. These men are, are, are servants of the Most High God who, who, are, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. So she was moving in a spirit of divination. Yes. But what you also have to understand here is that Paul was on a, an assignment. Paul was on an assignment for that region that he was going to preach to, for that region that he was going to cast out demons and bring, bring Christ to it. And the enemy was sending diverting spirits to get him off his path. Yeah. Notice how it says that she was with Paul for a while. So Paul didn't really know. Paul, if Paul knew it was a spirit, I'm sure he would have cast it out in the beginning. But he kind of was walking with her and kind of started discerning, well... This girl has a spirit of divination. Let's cast it out. And so he, but he kind of was like,'t I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure I think God, God was showing me that he wasn't really sure if this was this girl, and there's going to be people that are going to come to you and they're going to say true things. It's called the spirit of divination. They're going to use the word, but it's in the wrong spirit. It's with a hidden agenda. This woman had a hidden agenda. She was trying to di- divert Paul for her own agenda to protect the fortune telling so she was she was bringing divination but she was really trying to protect herself and protect the work of the devil that she was doing you see in the kingdom of god we protect the word of god and everything the kingdom is doing by preventing spirits and the kingdom the kingdom of satan also has its own defense and protection too yeah. and they'll come to ministers of righteousness and ministers of God, and they will try to divert them so that they don't come over and take a territory. If people converted to if people converted to Christ in that region, guess what? Guess what happens to that lady? She's out of business, and that's what that spirit in her, and that's what she was trying to do to Paul. She's trying to keep him from stopping her work and her and her thing that she was doing. To di- she was trying to divert him. So she comes to Paul with a diversion using truth, but really with a heart covering up and protecting her dark ways. Mm -hmm. The, The reason she was doing was to protect what she was doing. And many times in the church, we like to divert the truth because we're trying to protect our own form of truth. We're trying to protect our own darkness. Or we get offended and we divert that truth back on that person Or we, or we come in the church and, some, and God's trying to speak to us But we try to ignore it by everything we do We try to come in, we try to pray We try to, we try to um, uh, preach, sing, do everything So that people won't notice Or people won't come to that person and, and, and point out the thing that God's saying to them So that when we look at that person We think that person's in a good place But really they're just diverting everybody By their performance and, what the, and, and, and character And we got many people in the church that do this, and on Facebook especially, they even will post on Facebook a lot of stuff, but it's all to divert you so that no one will say, see what's up with you, so that everybody thinks you're alright, so that everybody thinks you're okay, and nobody will point out... And it's really a spirit that doesn't want to let the Spirit of God point out that, that spirit in the person. The divination was her using the truth with the wrong motive the diversion see there was divination and then there was diversion she, the, the, the divination was her using the truth with the wrong motive the diversion was her getting them focused off of herself and the works that she was doing to distract them from what's really going on in her and in the region you see that the divination was using the word of God but to with, with the wrong spirit the diversion was to get them focused off of, off of, off of, the, off of exposing darkness. Off of, and that's what the enemy is out to do. He's out to come to the, to the, to the gates and the, and, the, and the walls of heaven and the walls of, of, of the church and divert the church from exposing those spirits. And that's why you'll have false love spirits in the church or you'll have false whatever spirits in the church to divert you from exposing the real doctrines and exposing the real bad foundations. This is, and I, honestly, I, I wasn't crazy about saying this or anything. I was just not even going to say it. But then God told me blatantly, in my spirit, to, like, like strong. You know when God tells you things in your spirit and you know that you know that you know? Yeah. And then he said, this is a spirit. Yeah. It's not just something somebody does. It is a spirit and it's trying to rob the church. Yeah. This spirit of diversion also tries to work with other spirits like Jezebel. Jezebel was a controller and manipulator. But she was also trying to. There was a spirit of diversion, trying to divert Elijah from rebuking and taking out. the... And then what happened? To, what happened when she diverted Elijah? I was going to get into that, but I have too much stuff that I didn't even bother going to that story because I figured we all we all know it. And then so she she tried to she diverted Elijah. And what happened to Elijah? He went into the cave. And people will try. And this in an apostolic ministry where the truth is so prevalent. There is spirits racing at this ministry and racing at God's apostolic ministry in general because it is the government of God. It is the order of God. And there is going to be power on it because we're, because the church is in order. And when there's power on it, spirits are racing at that, trying to take down the walls of Nehemiah all day. Yeah. Tobiah, just like Shane had that dream, Tobiah and uh, trying that. were wroth. Were, they were, their spirits that are wroth at the church building the gates and the walls, building God's order and building God's government, building God's people. You see, those spirits, they don't care about these these false doctrines and stuff out there because they're not building nothing. They're just on haywood and stubble. And God comes and builds a real foundation where we'll be protected and we'll be under the covering of God and the devil wants to take the real thing out. He's not going after the false thing. And they have false peace and joy because the devil ain't there. Because he doesn't care because they're already deceived and they're probably... Most some of them are already going to hell. So he, he's like, I already got that church. I'm going to the church where where they're actually building the gates where they're building the wall where they have discernment where they have watchmen on the wall and we gotta take them out because when we take them out then they won't be able to get those false people converted it was a spirit after Paul to get him misfocused from the task for that region and real quick because I was saying something and I kinda I was saying something and I kinda diverted another way but I was going to say that people will even come to you as a leader or as somebody in the body and you will be speaking truth to them and they will try to divert you. They will try to get you focused off of their problems and their issues and the roots that, and it's not even really them, it's really the spirit in them, but because they're, this, you see, this wall, this spirit of diversion it comes it's it's open door because this is a spirit this is not necessarily the person but it is a person's fault in the sense that when we resist the truth, when we rebel against the truth, this spirit of diversion is able to come through an open door to work in the person's life. Right. It's able to come and then when you it gets around you and you're pointing out the truth, it tries to it uses emotional witchcraft it uses. How it, uses, it twists, it works with a Leviathan spirit to, to twist things that you say. Or it tries to get you to feel bad or feel some type of way in order so that you will stop speaking that truth to that demon or that root in them. Mm-hmm. Because it's protecting, these spirits are working together to protect the roots of the enemy that are inside and each and every one of, 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 the, of, of the parts of the body. So, this spirit is going to get you off focused and off centered that person so that you think they're okay. It actually is out to dull your discernment. It's actually out to come to a place where the person, that spirit has used that person so much to convince you that they're okay, to convince you that. It's not a problem. I don't think that person has that. Or, or God will even show you a dream about that person. But then you see the person is so diverting with their false character that you're like, oh, no, they've they got to be all right. But this is why we have to be spiritual people that we are. We have to not walk by the flesh, and we will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. And not, not only will we fulfill, not fulfill the deeds of the flesh in our own life, but we won't let our brothers and sisters fulfill the deeds of the flesh in their life. Because our discernment will be so sharp that we won't let them walk a blind way as we're being blinded. Praise God. So when we're in, we need, everything we discern in the body of Christ cannot be, because we're spiritual people and everything we do is in the spirit. Yeah. So everything we do, it needs to be in the spirit. Not by facial expression. Come on, come not by words that a person even says. They can sound angry, they can sound happy. It doesn't matter if they sound angry or happy. What is the spirit showing you? Holy Spirit is the spirit of discernment. and when the spirit of discernment is working in your life, the Holy Spirit, you can tell a person they can walk in the room without even talking to you and you already know what spirits they're carrying. That's, that's how powerful it is to, to live by the spirit. It's called the gift of discernment. And when you have the gift of discernment, you don't need to hear a person talk. you don't need to hear a person say words. you don't need to hear a person do, do, see a person do anything. You know that you know that you know. That's right. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are Amen. gifts that you know. It's not just something that you just try to venture into. It's something that's there and, and it's and it's working in you by itself. You get to discernment, you know. It's not, well, well, no, it's you know. But this spirit of diversion is so important, just along with the other ones, because... It's trying to get that gift to to, to be quenched. This spirit was a spirit after Paul to get him misfocused from task from his task for the region. And there's spirits in this region, and that spirit of diversion is going to use people that it has indwelled to send them here, to send them on Facebook, to send them on Messenger, to get us distracted, to get us misfocused, to get us off of what God is trying to do. We have a a big trip coming to Brazil and look what already was trying to happen this week. Those are diverting spirits. Those are spirits of diversion. I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about you guys. Some of you guys don't know but most of you guys know what I am talking about. Stuff from the outside. People on Facebook. (laughs) But those are Diverting spirits, they want to take our oil. If you read the book of Nehemiah, Tobiah and Sambalet, if you actually examine, this what happened. They were after the oil. They were after the inner temple. They were after the inner part, most being of 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 the of of, of what Nehemiah of the apostolic church that Nehemiah was building. What is the innermost part? part being of all of us in our unity here, it's called the anointing. And then we get so focused on that, that this is what happens. You want to know what happens? Those diverting spirits, they'll send people, it'll, it'll move through people, to get us focused on them, get us angry, get us offended, get us to curse, and not bless. It's trying to roll us up, so that it can get us in sin. And then when we get in sin, then what happens? We get in a bad place. Then when we get in a bad place, then what happens? Then we're we're wondering why there's no oil. So it wants to. It's coming. It's coming to do mischief. This this spirit of diversion is a spirit of mischief. It's here to to mess things up. It's not here to doesn't necessarily have an agenda. It's here to just distract you, to distract you off of themselves, and distract you from your calling. These, half of these people don't even know what they're doing, but the spi- that spirit knows what they're doing, and you better know what you're doing through the truth and the spirit. It was... And like I said, that spirit that Paul was facing was trying to dim his discernment. And if you kind of realize, for me this is what I get spiritually, whatever God shows you, he shows you, but he was walking with that girl for a while. And she kept saying that and saying that and saying that. And I'm pretty sure if he would have discerned that in the beginning, he would have been like, well, I already know what she's trying to do. See you later. But it was going on and on until he got annoyed. It took him to get annoyed to finally deal with. So what was that spirit really trying to do? That spirit was trying to dim his discernment. It was trying to unsharpen his sword. And then what happens when he unsharpens his sword is that He's he's preaching the gospel. He's walking in the spirit. He's this is how important the sermon is. He's trying to take over a region with the gospel, and then there's opposition. He can't even discern it half the time. And then he gives in the spirits. Then he starts saying sorry for the truth. Then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That diverting spirit, man, it'll get you saying sorry for preaching the truth mm-hmm. because they start crying. They get upset. They get like the, they get. However, they get mad. They they run away. They they stop texting you. They delete you on Facebook. And then you start feeling bad but really because you don't know about the, tr- about the truth about these things, you give in and you say, oh, I'm sorry. And then you're going saying sorry to the devil when he's like ha, now I got you. That's what it wants to do. Ha! I got your hand. Now you're coming in to say apologize, to apologize. I'm not saying don't love these people. I'm saying not to give in the spirits. We love people no matter what they do, no matter if they try to divert us, twist us, manipulate us, but we don't but we are spiritual, discerning people that go, don't give in to spirits. Right. We have to know this. And if you want to be a part of any real ministry, it doesn't matter if you're an apostle, if you're a prophet, if you're a pastor, if you're an evangelist, if you're a teacher, whatever you are, arch-apostle, archbishop, whatever you are, you need to have discernment. Right. You need to know. That's right. Even though in, in Nehemiah's time... There was leadership appointed, special people. It even talked about it specifically. I have the scriptures here I might go over later. I just had it for the side. But there was special people anointed over the ministry of Nehemiah. He appointed special. He didn't appoint everybody. But guess what? Everybody still had a brick in one hand and a sword in the other, even families. So what does that tell you? The, The sword is the word of God. It's discernment. To, and what because what, what, what were they going to use that sword for when Tobiah and the other guy and then and, and all their enemies come they were going to fight they were going to take those spirits out so everybody from top to bottom has to have has to, has to have discernment or some level of it or else things are going to dupe you and then you're going to be in a bad place and I'm going to be wondering where you're at it's because you probably got taken out by some spirit by Jezebel by, by uh, Absalom by a, diverge, by a diverting spirit what happened you know, I, God rebuked me for apologizing for the truth. But what happens? I've seen. And I've seen even some of us, and even people I see online. I mentioned this last time I preached. They go up. They make a whole post about apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry if something, if I, what I said was offended you. But I'm just trying to preach the truth. But they need to let those people carry their. If they're gonna, if they res- resist, let them carry those spirits, and you, you, t- you, let, you let them go their way. And these diverting spirits, they want to engage with you anyway. They want you to have conversation. They want you to have fellowship so that they can divert you so much that you come out of there and you're like, what is the gospel even anymore? What am I even, what am I even meant to do anymore? They want to rob your calling. They want to rob the anointing. They want to rob the, the things that God has given you and, 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 the, and the destiny. That's right. They confuse you. That's what this spirit does. It's a confusing spirit, and you don't even know where it came from. You're thinking, "Oh God, did I sin? Man, what did I do? But I, but I didn't watch that yesterday. What happened? I didn't watch football or basketball or something. I, I didn't do it. Why am I feeling like this? Or why I didn't go there? I didn't do that. I didn't say anything mean. But then you re- you realize when you have the truth that it was a spirit from another person that got you. It was a diverting spirit. And it got you focused the wrong way And the truth sets you free And then it gets you out of the truth And then you get unfree That spirit That spirit was trying to Keep Paul From delivering it That spirit was trying to keep Paul From delivering that lady From divination From her works of darkness From her spell Whatever she was doing Spells, all that that's what it was protecting. And when you get around people with spirits and, and religion and all that, they will try to divert you so that you don't get to the core. Because there's that moment in a person where you get to the core of their being and the truth gets in there. Because you know, you know, sometimes when you're talking to people, preaching, doing this, doing that, and you strike them with the sword, but ah, it's not striking nothing. It's getting in there, but not striking really getting there. Not really getting to the core. But then there's that moment when you get to the core and they can't do anything. And they're like, they repent. And they're like, oh snap, the truth. Oh my God. But that diverting spirit wants you to not slice it in the right place. And, And you know what that diverting spirit will do? It'll get you to, it'll even do this. It's like God is trying to point out a hidden agenda in a person. And that person with the spirit of diversion will even be like, oh yeah, well I do this because and really, it's a hidden agenda. But I do this because you know, um, uh, you know, I have a religious spirit, or this, or, or it's just because you know, because you know, this happened or that happened. And they use other excuse. That spirit uses other excuses, uses other things, but gets you away from the central issue. It's like God is trying to show you, as the as the as the truth speaker, this person has a hidden agenda. But they will divert you to the point where you think it's something else, and then you're trying to get them to repent of something else, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I repent because I did this," but it has nothing to do with that. You, know, you guys understand what I'm what I'm saying? Yeah. Is anybody lost with that? What I'm saying there? Good. Just look at me. <laughs> you understand? I'm supposed to be looking at you. So it's 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 it's, it's trying to divert you in any way. It will even use it's that's called that right there is really. A, a hint of, of false humility. And they try to say, oh yeah, it's because, you know, it's because my lust spirit or my, my anger. But it has nothing to do with any of that. And it's really just a hidden agenda or a or, 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 or hidden motive or it's something of the heart. And that's what this thing will do. It'll always get you especially to focus off of the heart of a person and get you to focus on something that is fleshly or religious, but it has nothing to do with, with their heart. They'll be like, oh yeah, well... I have this problem because I'm spiritually dry because, you know, I watch baseball. But it has nothing to do with baseball. It's because that person may be offended. And, but that's what that verdict, that God will give you that discernment. That person has an offense and that's their problem. And then they'll say, oh, but, oh, you know what, you're right. I do have a problem, but I think it's because of this, not what you're telling me. And they get you all focused. And then you're like, and then you come in agreement. And then that person stays the same. That person doesn't get delivered. That's how important this is because God opens doors for deliverance. He sends you. He sends another person to you or you being the person sent and then it gets diverted so that there's no deliverance. The enemy is trying to close up the dunghill so that we don't cast things down, so that we don't flush things, so so there's no deliverance. He's trying to shut deliverance out in the house of God because if we touch the fullness of deliverance, we will touch the fullness of Him. This spirit is in the church, and this is to the wider scale. This spirit is in the church trying to divert the truth being preached in the house of God by bringing divination spirits to sound like God, to bring the enemy's agenda clothed. So it'll bring an agenda of man or an agenda of religion or the enemy, but it'll clothe it with the word of God. And that's the main spirit works with divination, especially in the church, because what they say will sound spiritual, but it's not God. So God, to bring the enemy's agenda clothed with the words from God, but it's really out to take the church into another direction. So doctrines, and this is to the larger scale, we just talked to a a personal scale, to a one-on-one scale, to whatever, to a small ministry scale, but on a larger scale, their enemy works with this spirit, and it's all the devil anyway, but we, re- this, we use names or whatever to recognize these things, to recognize the moves of the enemy. I'm not crazy about that thing and that thing, but there's a reason why God was in the book of Revelation saying, you, the spirit of Jezebel, you, the Nicolaitans, you. He didn't just say the devil, because when we look at the name of what he's saying... And who knows, there probably probably are real spirits in the spiritual realm, but I'm not going to go crazy about that. But he calls them names so that we know what the enemy is trying to do. So when God tells me there's a Jezebel spirit, I know what's operating and how it operates. And then when it tries to operate on me, I'm able to say, oh, I know what that is. And then I shut it down. Clothed with words from God, but it's really to take out the church, take the church in another direction. So the, the enemy, especially in the real ministry of God, is going to bring doctrines, is going to bring, bring words from God, prophecies that sound like God, and they sound so great, but they're really to divert you and get the church to go in another direction. Some of you that have been here for a long time know that the enemy has brought visions from other pe- from other agendas to try to divert us from that vision. The enemy has tried to, has tried to brought, bring other gospels and, and, and teachings to t- try to divert us from those teachings, from the word that God has given us. But, we need to, but that's why we shut them down, because it's all a distraction. People either come up, people either preach from God or they don't. And when they don't, it can be damage, And if we don't recognize it, it can damage us and we don't even know how it damages us. And then we go two years later and we wondering why we're struggling with all this stuff. Well, it's because two years ago you listened to that person that started speaking and they was preaching the wrong gospel and it's because you didn't have discernment. And you gave in. And you ate it. That's what are we, what are we eating? Yeah. The enemy, and that's why Facebook is, you gotta watch out for Facebook if you don't have discernment. You need discernment. Honestly, Honestly, I would say my opinion, you shouldn't even be on Facebook if you don't have any this summer, but we're free. You guys can do whatever you want. God's leading you, but you've got to be careful because anybody can be deceived. There's so many, so many people, especially on Facebook. And, and why, why Facebook? Because Facebook is a platform for anybody to get famous instantly. YouTube is a platform for anybody to get attention easily. So people that have an attention spirit, they want the attention, they want the focus, they want to be the next best minister around. So they add all these people, they, they make, make a spot, you know, all this stuff, and they're not even called by God to do it. And then they get everybody looking at them, but they're really preaching something that's not even from God. If it's not being preached from God... It, has no, it will have no power and deliverance on it. So we see somebody preaching from their own spirit and not from God, and we say, okay, what's the big deal? But then people that are eating this are thinking that it's God, and then it, it doesn't become flesh in them, and then they keep trying to live by that word that that person spoke, but it's having no effect in their life, and they're staying dead. Enemy uses this spirit to work with other spirits so that it can keep the congregations of God bound by the spirit of darkness. So that it can keep us bound. And when you have this, when you start, when this spirit tries to work through you, we have to recognize it because you know what? No one's perfect. We've all had this thing try to work through us, whether it is early in our walk or now or, or from time to time or once in a while when we get in a bad place, especially when we get in a bad place. Because when we get in a bad place, what happens? We start resisting the truth and then we start diverting the truth. And then there's no deliverance. And because there's no deliverance is because we divert everything that's coming to us and then we've got to take care of the, the real matter as was as hand. But see, there's deeper roots to everything. But if we don't get this spirit of diversion out of the way, we'll never see those roots. And there'll be a cloud on our mind. There'll be a spiritual fog. That's what this spirit does. It brings a spiritual fog. And then you're, you're, you're like... I'm not, I'm, you start feeling lost, you start feeling like you're not even saved, and you start, you, you need clarity. And then it takes God to expose things. Not everything that you feel is necessarily because of you. We are connected as a body, and when one part of the body falls out, the other parts of the body will feel it. This is the, the enemy's tactic to use the spirit of diversion. To get the church off the foundation of the truth that sets us free. Many people don't like the truth, so they try to redirect it, refocus it, deflect it, change the conversation. And usually the people that change the conversation is, you know, the people that, you know, you're trying to go get born again for the first time, and they're like, Oh, so the Yankees win? And you're, or they walk away. But you don't really have that in the church because it gets too obvious. Because the devil is, wants to be smarter than that around the church because if people try to change the conversation, that's too obvious. So you won't really see that too much in the church. You'll see that in the world, but the world is, the world is full of spirits. They're going to do that unless they get born again. Redirect, refocus, deflect. They'll say no. Automatically... You speak the truth, or you, or you correct, you bring correction. No, 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 no. Because, and why? Why did Ahab deflect that prophet? Why did he divert that prophet? Because he wanted to hear a good thing only. He only wanted to hear positive. Mm-hmm. We were talking. I was talking to someone. I'm not going to name any names. Nobody you, of you. Nobody really knows who I'm talking about. Only a few. But I, we were, I was talking to someone, and they said they only want to hear stuff positive. I'm like, okay, well, you don't want to hear the truth, and the truth is not for you. Mm-hmm. If you only want to hear positive stuff, guess what? The truth is not for you. And then you're going to end up and I'm going to see you at Joel Osteen's seminars. Because that's where people who hear positive stuff go. What? That's like that, last, that one message that I preached not too long ago. What do you want? Do you want to hear positive things or do you want to hear the truth? No matter what it does. And some people say, yeah, I want to hear the truth. But really, they just want to hear the truth they want to hear. But we have to be people that hear, want to hear the truth that we don't even know of. That we have never heard before. That only we can receive because it bears witness with, with our spirit that the, whole, that the Holy Spirit is submerged and not our flesh. See, some, sometimes we look for words that we, we think we're seeking the truth, but we're really looking for words that agree with our carnal mind. We're looking for words that agree with our hidden agendas, with our... With our some people, they go to certain churches, they go to hear certain words, or they're like certain ministers just because they want to be, they want to be something in the world. And then those ministers were telling that, and that's why they're there. And they're like, oh, yeah, the truth is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome because you're about to go fulfill your lust. But the truth is awesome when you actually really seek it out with pure... That's why God brings the prophet to tear things out, tear out hidden agendas... Tear out things that are going to keep us off of seeking the wrong thing, and then the apostles they move and all that, but especially build so that when the building does come, it's received and it's actually effective. And this is why God says the church is built upon, or the foundation of the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets—the tearing out and the and the, and the building up. Amen. Because, but if there's no, we have to have both because if there's no, because then there's people out there that are just building up, building up, building up, but everybody's taking that word and, and, and bringing spirits of divination and they got all the word but in the wrong spirit because they haven't been delivered. They haven't had things torn out. And then you have people that are torn, having things torn out of them all the time and then they're always in condemnation because they don't have the word. Or then they're always never getting anywhere. They're always spiritual babies. Yeah, they want the truth but they never get the building because they're always trying to tear out when they need the word of God. Rebuke correction and build up. And the build up is to have the word of God built upon your heart. It's not just encouraging. It's to actually receive the word that will fully charge you to go forward. When we are moving in this spirit of diversion in the church, we will never let the church cut the core of what it's aiming for. I said that before, sort of. This spirit of diversion doesn't want you to, wants you to get to the core of what the truth is trying to hit in that person. Whether it's, whether it's, the truth, whether God is sending out the truth to hit hidden agendas or hidden motives or, or dreams that are not of God or things that are visions that are not of God. But it's always trying to divert you to not hit those things, but to hit something else that's sometimes not even there. Sometimes that spirit of diversion, we work in a person where you, they confess to a problem, but it's not even true in their life. And they're just saying that so that they can, you can, you can get them away. They're just saying that so that, so that you can stop rebuking on them, stop correcting me. Stop talking to me the truth because I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing. So I don't want to go, I don't want to hear your stuff because I, and some of these people that have the spirit of their sometimes they have it because they think they've arrived. And so you speak new truth to them. You tell them what's wrong with them. And then there's so much pride and they deflect you because they're like, no. And then they have to turn everything else on you because they think they're up here and you're down here. So they turn everything on you based off of that mindset because they know, they're in their mind, they know they know more truth than anybody that comes near them. And that's why we have to know foundation because what does fo- the foundation of Christ say? That we are in the process of time that we are walking this walk out being tearing things off of the world as we go our old men are sh- shading off as our new man is breaking out. The old things have passed away but the old, the old things are passing away, because the old things can pass away. But we sometimes, what, what is strong is holding on. We're holding on to thing, and my, and we are made new here. But we have to be made new here. Our spirit is new, but our mind is not. And that's what people don't get: is right. they think that they're so new, and that's why I'm not a fan of this. Not going to say their names, but you know they're preaching this gospel that says you're perfect. And that's all they preach is you're perfect, you're righteous, so just get over yourself and just be perfect and righteous. And they don't understand that they have a mind to renew and that everything that enters their mind they think is perfect, holy, and righteous. And then they move on those things and then they're sinning and then they think they're holy and righteous while they're sinning. I've been there. I've been, I've been, I got stuck in that one time and that's what happens. And this is why we have to know foundation. And this is why God is sending apostles. Because they are going to build a foundation to where the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of God. That why, that's why for it to say apostolic center is not a title. It's the importance to know that we're being equipped, raised up, and sent out. And, when, and if we don't have a right foundation, we can't do none of that. And many people who are not even ordained to build a foundation are trying to build a foundation, but they're using, using haywood and stubble. We will let the sword of truth come in and cut, but we will let it cut other stuff that is not even the issue or the central issue. Or we will let it cut... Some- yeah, I already said all that. People with a spirit of diversion will always have an excuse, but it's all to ignore the deeper truth about themselves. It's all to ignore... To get you... And, and some people don't even realize that Some people want to be delivered, but because there's so much resistance and pride and, 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 and similar stuff that I talked about that that spirit, of, that spirit of diversion comes into them and it gets them, to, uh, it gets them to get away from the deeper part about themselves and that person will convict themselves. They will, conv- You know what happens? Some people convict themselves of what is right and what is wrong. Some people are not even given into the Holy Spirit and they're going by their own conviction. That's a real thing. I've been there too before. Is where you're trying to convict yourself, but guess what? If you're trying to convict yourself, then you're going by your own righteousness. You're going by your own right standing of what God sees as right and wrong. And then when God convicts you, you say, Oh, that's condemnation. Get that out of my mind. Get that out of my heart. We have to go genuinely by the conviction of God and not go by our own standards. We live by the Spirit of God, not the law of our own mind. Many people have made up their own law, and the Spirit is the law. And when we go by the Spirit, we fulfill the fullness of the law. Or they will turn it on you. And this is the biggest one. The Spirit will turn what you're saying to them. You'll preach to them. You'll correct them. You'll rebuke them. You'll even, you can even encourage them. And they'll turn it on you. And they'll say, but you also, right? Yeah, yeah I got that, but you. Don't forget yourself. You need to do that too. Or oh, forget, we. Or, 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 or and, it, and it gets you to. It gets. It's trying to get everybody off focused of that person. Because then, when that person has that has that same thing moving in their life that you tried to correct before, then you try to come and correct them again. And then they're like, well, you came in agreement. We all got the same problem. So, why are you correcting me? And then you sometimes you got to tell that spirit, no, I've been delivered. So, you need to be delivered now. But that's what that spirit is trying to... That spirit, you know what it's trying to do? It's trying to get you all focused off the person, all focused off the people, and focused on yourself. Meanwhile, there'll be nothing wrong with you because if there is something... We go by what's wrong with us when the conviction of God or condemnation comes in our life because when conviction comes, God is convicting us. If there's condemnation, it's because we already know what's wrong and we're still doing it anyway and those two things keep us on this narrow way. But, when we're not going by those things, then we turn it on the other person, and it's called rebellion. It's called resistance. And with resistance comes diversion. And then they get you focused on yourself. You need to go by your own convictions, and you need to stop trusting with that, because it gets you to a point where it's like, well, no one's really good, so maybe I do got it. But you need to snap out of it. Wow. And you need, to, you, need to keep, you need to let that thing you need to reject that, what that, that, that spirit. You need to say no. And if they and if they go and, and bash you and rant you, well, guess what? Remember, your call is hatred. Yeah. People, you need to drink your cup because you know what? You're gonna keep correcting people. You're gonna keep standing in the and you're gonna keep standing in the truth, no matter what anybody says, no matter what spirit tries to get you sucked in. And then when you resist that spirit, you know you've resisted that spirit rightly. When they go up and they start bashing you. Because if they were right, they wouldn't go bashing you because it says that we are to bless, not curse. So when people are going to slander you and going to put your name out there on Facebook, it's because they're out of order, they're out of line, and enemies got in their heart already, and now they're going to a whole nother level, and I feel bad for those people, honestly. And some lady was trying to bash my name everywhere on Facebook, but you know what? I was, I was, I was, almost wanted to cry for that lady. I even told my audience, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm nervous for this lady. We've seen people that they do this type of stuff. They slander the people. They get, They start getting crazy. Something gets in the heart, and then they take it to a whole new level. They get strokes. They get stuff. I've seen people's face drop. People break something. People end up in the hospital two hours later. If some of you remember a long time ago that we had a meeting, and somebody ended up in the ho- said we were caught, and two hours later they ended up in the hospital, blood coming down their nose. So you can't. There is. You got to stand the truth and. God is going to back you. Now you still would have the heart of love saying, I hope that person repents. Yes. But God is going to move, man. Amen. Because you know what? And when he, God does that stuff, He's trying to get those people to repent anyway. Yes. Well, they will turn it on you. So, and say, oh, but you too, brother. You need to check yourself. It's all, it's all of us. It's not just me are hiding. And the spirit hides. This spirit shows, it gets you to show lack of transparency. You want to, you want to, you want to, you want to be transparent? You need to remove the spirit of diversion. You need to repent. And you need to stop resisting the truth. Because when you can't, when you don't have an open heart, and I'm not just talking about an open heart to some truth. I'm talking about an open heart to the full truth. Opening your heart to say, God, I don't care if I'm wrong or I'm right or this or that. I just want to know the truth. No hidden agenda. No nothing. Then you can really have no resistance in your life. If you have that in, truly in your heart. I'm talking about truly. But there's times where we're only open to some truth and we're not open to the full truth. Therefore, we're not going to receive the fullness of Christ. And really, we're not going to really receive any of it because... Because we're not open to all of it, we're going to start diverting the other parts of it. And we're going to, And, and, and what, what happens, if you don't open yourself to the full truth, you'll, you'll always have hard ground, so you'll never really actually get delivered because you'll never actually really be transparent. If you're not transparent with your... Especially, we think people are not transparent with us, other people around us, or people on Facebook, or people around the But what about people being transparent with themselves and transparent before God? Because some people, they're actually not even transparent with themselves. And they, in their mind, they imagine themselves as some other person or some other whatever they think they are, but they're totally not. But they put this image in their mind so they can convince themselves here to get them to ignore what's actually going on here. They're turning their own mind against their hearts and spirits, and they're quenching, and they're killing their spirits. This carnal mind... If you don't tame it under the word of God, it will kill you. And it's out to kill you. We want to destroy principalities and powers. We want to destroy the devil. Destroy your carnal mind. Kill the carnal mind. Kill all carnality. And you'll kill Satan's kingdom. And he won't have any open doors on you. That's That's how we kill him. That's how we beat the enemy is beating the carnal mind. And that's why we need the word of God because it renews our mind. And a clean heart and pure hands. Jesus. Put on this spirit will put on a mask. You get around it and you're trying to get to the to the to the to the evil to the black inside to the darkness inside of them. And they have on this mask. They have a smile on. They're so happy. They're talking. They're making jokes. They're 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 saying all these things. They even come to you, especially this spirit. Will, a lot of people have a Jezebel spirit, but this spirit will flatter you. This spirit will flat. See, Jezebel flatters. Here's the difference. Because we're like, oh well, Jezebel flatters. So isn't that just Jezebel? Jezebel will flatter so it can keep you awake, So it can protect its own hidden agenda. This spirit will flatter so that it can keep you away from itself, from the person getting delivered. Jezebel flatters to bring in false doctrine. This spirit flatters to prevent the person from getting delivered. That's the difference. And they will flatter you so that you think they're okay. And then you're, you got a dream from God, you got a thing from God, and you're like, Oh, I don't want to bother them because they're happy. But really they're not. They just have on a mask, and they're so convinced of a lie that they're actually feeling some type of joy, and it's false joy. It's not real joy, because real joy, real peace, and righteousness is in the Holy Ghost. That's right. So if you have peace and joy, and it's because of things on this earth, or yourself, or how good you're doing, that's false joy. Yeah. You're having, if you have joy about what you do, about how great you're doing, but your joy is not rooted in the Holy Ghost himself because God is pleased with you, uh-huh. false joy. Yeah, you can be happy because we do. God does great things and we can be happy about the things that God does and does with us but when that's our central joy and peace it's false joy and peace real joy and peace it says is in the Holy Ghost people say oh well the kingdom is about joy and peace in the Holy Ghost not joy and peace in because of him because of how great he is because that he's pleased with you it says that the peace of God Paul said it it's is for, is for God to be at peace with you. Yes. For God to be at... And, and, and these people in some of these churches, they think they're such in a great place of peace and joy. Meanwhile, God is not even pleased with them. But they're just in a, in a place of peace and joy because they are reciting their false doctrine to themselves and they're so convinced about it and they're in a delusion. This spirit will create a whole other person on the outside all to divert you from from the real side. It puts a lid on top of darkness in you. Or a curtain. It'll hide, it's hiding. It's a spirit that hides your real self. So the light won't come in and penetrate. I'm going to need more water, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I think this whole thing It's only been, well, it's probably been Five hours, but yeah, because that's how I usually go, but trying to lighten the mood. Can't really lighten the mood, though, when you're exposing the enemy. I see you laughing back there. <laughs> People like this will come into church, have a big smile on, talk nice, pleasant words. They'll even, like I said, they even pray and preach and sometimes, thank you so much. They'll even pray and preach so much. If Okay, let me put it this way. If you're praying and you're preaching and all that becomes your identity instead of sonship with him, you're in a diversion. If if what you do becomes your identity and not who you are Jesus. is your identity, guess what? You're delu- you're you're in I'm not saying you're you're going to hell, you're whatever, but you're you're diverting yourself. Because you're trying to protect, because here's what you do at the end of the week. And I and I'm only speaking because I've been here. I'm not speaking about anybody, anybody else in here, I don't have anybody else in here. <laughs> on my mind, but myself. That's the, good, that's the good thing about going through things and messing up and getting back up is that God turns it over to good so then you can know the insides of the enemy, what he tries to do, because you've, you've done it before. So what happens is, you preached, you prayed, you did so many works on the street, you, you served, you cleaned the floor, You told everybody great great words, rebuked this person, corrected that person, did everything that you needed to do, and then you're so happy because all that you did. But you're not happy about what he just did. And that, my friends, is because you're not, there's places in your life you're not really at peace with God, so you cover those up with what you do. And then you're doing so much that you divert everybody else and then God's prophets, God's apostles, God's People that are discerning, especially leadership, you'll divert them because you th- they think you're okay. But that's why it's spiritual discernment. Not by what everybody's doing, by what God is saying. They'll, they'll sing and dance, man. They'll be, up, they'll be up here, they'll be joyous. You see them in some churches, they're so joyous, but then they go back and they're like, <sighs> so Depressed. But then they're singing and dancing in church. Oh my god! And you're like, wow, that person is so free. Holy cow! I can't even go up there and do the cha-cha, and this guy's going out there and going nuts. And then you see they go home and they're all depressed because mm. because their dancing was their identity. Mm. Some of the things they do. They, look, this is how. I thought I had it. I thought I had the. I guess I didn't. Some of the things they do. It's, it's, called, it's called fig leaves. Even Adam and Eve... Don't I have it? Yeah, I do have it. Even Adam and Eve tried to divert God. You know that? Genesis 3, 7, 15. Then the eyes of both of them were opened because they ate the tree. They ate the apple of the tree of good and evil. And they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. What are they doing? Why are they covering themselves up? For what? God's all-knowing. He knows everything. That's right. He knows what they did. Are they nuts? Are they going to try to cover themselves up? They're trying to divert God here. They're trying to say, Oh, well, we're okay. But they're not. And this is what we do is, we go, we're okay, and we're not. But we have those things, those, those figlies become our identity when we're supposed to be stripped bare and be the Son of God. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. What are you hiding about? His real agenda was hopefully to cover himself up, and God didn't see it. And God sees all things. you can't fool God. But surely if you don't if you're not one with if you're not if you're not moving and grooving with Christ, he's going to Adam and Eve are going to fool you. And God's going to be like, "You see that? They're they're naked. They're really naked." And because you don't have any discernment, you're like, "Oh, they look good. They got they got clothes on." But they're naked. And you're just they just diverted you. Because we need it cuz God, why, how did God know? God wasn't even there and he knew. God didn't even—I mean, He saw it, but He was—he's so He—he's—he's he's the all-knowing Spirit of God. Through His own discernment, He detected what they did and knew what they did and saw what they did because He's God. Right. And then when—but what—what does it say when you're one with Him and when you're moving with Him yeah. and when you're seeing with Him and when you're hearing with Him? Then you see past all the Jesus. cover-ups. Jesus. Hallelujah. You know that's never mind. I'm not even going to say that. Thank you. It's a worldly God. song. You know, like how women use cover-up. You know that song? <laughs> I put the cover-up so I won't let it show. Ever girl. That's what people do in the spirit, man. And God's like, get that off, man. I want to see your real self. And then I can really change you. Then I can put makeup that's not makeup anymore. It's the, It becomes bone in you. That version is just a bunch of fig leaves. But God's apostolic people will not give into it and they will see it. They're going to see it. This yes. is what you're being raised up here to yes. see. It's to see the kingdom of light yes. and to see the kingdom of darkness yes. and it raise up the one kingdom and de- and decrease the other Amen. and bring down to nothing the kingdom Lord of darkness. Amen. But if you don't see both, Amen. you can't lift up that one and you can't put that one down. And you may think, and when you don't, when you don't have full truth and have, you have lack of discernment, you could be lifting up this side and be thinking this is the kingdom when it's not and this is the kingdom. But because we needed the truth, we need to eat it. Or else we won't know. Yes. God has sent apostles to bring the full counsel of God. That's why people are like, why do I have to submit it to an apostle? Why do I have to submit it to a prophet? Because they're bringing the full counsel of God. And they're called to do it. Anybody who's bringing the full counsel of God on this church is either an apostle or they are, were under an apostle or are under an apostle. Because that's what God is, has the gift for. To bring the fullness of and that's why they move in all and and people are saying they don't move in all the gifts, they only move in a certain part they move in all the gifts. There has to be that. Because if there's only one person, if if people are messed up in the in the body, at least the apostle will be moving in everything and he can and he can help and he can make sure the, the ones that are lacking. And then when the prophet gets in the right place, then he can lay off on 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 dealing with things, seeing things, tearing things out, and he and the prophet can do that. And then when this Pastor steps up, or that evangelist, or teacher steps up, then he can let them do more of that work, and he can ease himself off of that, and then he can focus more on building. But that's why apostles aren't supposed to do it, because when, we're, when some of the gifts are out of whack, it makes up for it. It's not. It's. It's. We're supposed to. The the whole fivefold is supposed to be used. But the That's. But Jesus says he's a, he's a chief apostle. So Jesus will keep it together. But apostles are have are under the covering. And are able to move in the same way Christ is able to move in fullness. We have to get that. And people are like, oh, well, why, do I, why does all that matter to me? Because if you don't recognize these things in your brothers and sisters, you just, you just think it's regular so-and-so. Paul announced that he was an apostle. He said, I'm coming to you as an apostle so they know what he's bringing. They know what he's carrying. And then when he's carrying it and he's speaking to you, they can submit to it rightly because they know what they're submitting to. And then they know what they're getting into and they're not just hearing regular stuff, they're hearing stuff that's going to raise them up. When you get around a pastor, you can only hear so much, but when you get an, around an apostle or another gift, you're gonna get other stuff, and you're gonna get, and then you know what, you know what, you can discern what's going on. This is important. Why do you have to call it apostolic center? Because God is raising us up in the fullness of God. And God is using apostolic so to, to raise us up in the fullness of God. And they will, and they will make, sh- and they will lack, and they will pick up where the body lacks. I even was when I was, I put the Book of Acts on my TV, and I was even uh, uh, just laying there, and then I just kind of woke up in the middle of it. And Paul was like saying, that, or one of them, Peter, and and even Paul mentioned it at one time, whatever. They were talking so many times about how God is raising up this apostolic ministry, how He's building up this apostolic ministry, how He's planting this apostolic ministry in this region, how He's. Raising up apostles. This is not just talk about apostle and, and throwing out names and titles. This is talking about what God is doing in the land. And there's a mandate to that. To what People that are using apostle as a title, they ain't got no weight behind them. But, pe- but people that are walking in the office of an apostle, God moves on that office for a, for a, for a specialty for the, for, the, for the people of God. And, and why was the book of Acts so? Powerful? Why, were everybody, why was the Church of Acts so powerful? Because everybody was in order. God's government was there. The apostles were in their place. The prophets were in their place. People were doing what they were supposed to do. Order was being come. They bring apostles and prophets, bring order and government. And when everything's in order, what happens when this... What happens if America... And Believe me, you know I'm not... I, would, I didn't even vote, so... You know I'm not trying to talk about politics, but I'm just trying to talk to you to help you understand... But if America had their government in order and they had righteousness and the right things going on, this land would prosper. But just like in the kingdom of God, when everything is in order, even when we lack, we still, God still moves on us because everything's in order. So that, 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 fault, that when we have a faulty part in our ministry, we know it's going to get picked up because everything's in order. And so God makes moves on, on the ministry anyway and moves on the people anyway. Apostolic ministries are being raised up everywhere. And they are God's generals. If you want to hide from God and you come to a point where you're frustrated, or when you hide from God, you can come, you're going to, you can come to a point where you frustrate the grace of God. People in the Bible, and even talked about it, they were frustrating the grace of God. They were making God annoyed when it came to his patience. He was being patient with them for so long, but he got annoyed because they kept playing games. How many people in the church are playing games and they have all the good rhetoric, but really inside they're playing games and they're in another place? And God's saying, I'm getting frustrated with you because now you're going too far. I've rebuked you, I've spoke to you, I've did this, I've done that. It's getting too far. And when we don't recognize these spirits, we can frustrate God. And that's why some people get passed by because they're fr- God's frustrated with them, because they, they, they're, they're dull hearts and they won't address it and they keep hiding from themselves. You can hide from yourself for so long and then God's mercy gets fr- and then God's mercy and grace gets frustrated and passes you by. And even that, even him passing you by is grace and mercy because he leaves you alone. So then you go, so then a year later or however long it takes you, you go, oh God, where are you? Okay, I repent. That's why Paul tossed people out in the church because he said so that their spirits would get saved later. So that they would be tossed to Satan. So that they would go through trials and tribulation that they didn't need to go through so that they can be saved. And you will say, oh God, where are you? And you will seek, but you will not find. Because in your flesh, that God would appease. You're looking for God to appease, appease your flesh. Some people are asking, oh God, where are you? But they're just looking for, the, for God to come appease their flesh. So when we look out to appease our flesh or fleshly things in our life, fleshy mindsets, fleshly intentions, He will always pass you by. And sometimes we wonder, why isn't God moving? Well, it's because because of the lust of your flesh. It says in James that... You ask and you receive not because of the lust of your flesh. But when we ask with a pure heart, with intentions, kingdom intentions, we always get what we ask for. Mm-hmm. Always. And, it says, and he said, it says, if you believe, but you can't believe when you're living a lie. So if you believe and you ask, you will have it. Yes. But sometimes you don't have it because of the lust. Because we're really just wanting God to appease something else. This thing is, this diverting spirit is, 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 is a witchcraft, is a form of witchcraft mm-hmm. in the church. We yeah. talk about witchcraft, but there's forms of witchcraft. Right. This, this spirit will get you to a point where you're like, so it, it creates confusion. Yeah. It creates dis- delusions. It creates, it creates mischief. What is witchcraft in the world out to do? It's out to create mischief and tear down and divide and break everything, break your family, put curses on you. Take, steer you the wrong way, steer you to darkness. But in the church, which the spirit of witchcraft, the spirit of diversion is trying to do the same thing, but spiritually in your own life. It's witchcraft. It's this, it's in, and God calls witchcraft, in, in the Old Testament, sin. He said that, what's his name, was in the sin of witchcraft. I forgot who it is, but who is it? Saul. Saul. They use their emotions. They will try to flatter you or say nice things. I said that. They're going to try to talk the talk. They're going to try to... They'll, walk, they'll even walk the walk. They'll even do... They'll even use their gift. They have a gift of healing. They have a gift of this, gift of that. They'll even use their gift to fool you, because it says the gifts are without repentance. So you can be using a gift, and it's not even necessarily the anointing. And then they fool you with the gift, and then it actually puts witchcraft on you because you think, "Wow, well, you just healed somebody. Well, well, he has to be of God. Well, whoa, oh, he just moved. He just said a real prophetic word. I even got that myself. Wow, that person has to be from God. Our discernment has to be spiritual." Not off of somebody's performance. Right. Not off of somebody's... Yes, it says you judge the fruit by its tree, but we're not, also, we're not just judging fruit that people do on the outside, but we're judging the fruit on the inside of what we discern by the Spirit. Right. See, we're judging spiritual trees. People mess up in the flesh and they're like, oh, my fruit's bad, I'm not, i saved. But God's talking about spiritual fruit. Right. The spiritual fruits that are on your heart, the spiritual fruits that are in your mind. What fruit are you bearing on the inside? And those are the things that God wants us to discern to know them by their fruit. Every time somebody's... When people are covering up all the time, and some people cover up and they're genuine, but they're just, you know, they're they're resisting. But then some people are covering up all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, and then they're really just showing who they are. Or people are starting to become wolves. Because... They're covering up, covering up all the time, and their heart is getting and their heart and conscience are getting more seared and more seared and more seared, and then they, they they get lost. They become a lost sheep, and God wants to bring them back, but the sheep wants to keep going. God will never leave you, but you can leave God. Yeah. Some of us are seeking, seeking God where you yeah, at? I'm seeking, but when God shows up right in front of our face, we reject Him and divert Him. Because we are waiting for another Jesus to come. We're waiting for another Jesus to come to fulfill our mindsets and our heart and the things in our heart that we're holding on to, strongholds and mindsets. When we hold on to strongholds and mindsets, we start to serve another Christ. I'm talking about the bad ones. The one that isn't going to pull out the carnal man inside of us. That that the one that, we're, We want the God to appease us, the Jesus to appease us that won't pull... That's what they want in the church is they want a Jesus that's not going to pull out their flesh they want a Jesus that's not going to point out carnality in their life they want a Jesus that talks about Jesus things but they don't really talk about the Jesus things that are going to pierce your heart and make you new or get or get or, 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 get, or, or toss out the, or toss out the old man so they ignore everything that has to do with pulling out their carnal man they run away people what People with this spirit tend to struggle with the same thing over and over and over and over again. Why? Yeah. Because they're, divided, they're diverting God and other people, but really they're diverting themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you're diverting God's conviction in your life, you're diverting That's- Him. Yeah. And God's not fool, but He's like, listen, I'm a gentleman. You want to keep doing that? Go do that. Deflecting God when He comes to take the sword to our flesh because He's pulling our roots. When God comes, He's coming to pull out roots. He's not coming to just play and tickle you. He's coming to pull out roots. So He can change you and root the kingdom in you forever. The other things you're struggling with, the bad fruit falls off. When we, get, when we let God pull out the roots, the bad... See, See you know what this Spirit of Diversion does? It gets us to cut fruits all the time. So it'll get, it'll get us to do this. It'll say, oh, well, I'll stop doing that. Well, I'll stop doing this. And it's cutting fruit, but never getting to the root. And then they wonder why they're still doing the same thing over and over again. And they're like, well, I just can't stop. It's just a struggle. No, man, it's not a struggle. You need to pull out the root. You need to get to the root. You're trying to cut fruit. You're trying to stop doing this. Stop trying to act like this. Stop trying to speak like this. Stop trying to go here. But really, there's something more why you're going there. Because God's not a man that he should lie, and he will empower you to, to stop doing that. But what's, what is the moreover thing that is doing is making you do that? Because we have things that we do in our life that are just fruit of other things that we have in our life. So we need to take those things that we have in our life in our hearts and our minds and those will fall off. Some of the things we get, the enemy gets us so diverted on things we struggle with in our flesh that we get focused off of our own heart and mind. The enemy will divert you to a point where you don't even see your own heart anymore and you're just focusing on your actions. But he's like, you need to stop. God's like, you need to stop focusing on your actions and you need to focus on your own heart. And let me handle the actions. Right. You're worried about how you're going to speak and how you're going to sound, how you, what you're going to do, how you're going to do this and how you're not going to do that, how you're not going to go there, how you're not going to say that. But really, you need to stop doing that. And God says you need to go go, go seek Him and get these, and get things pulled out of you. Go examine your heart and take the Word of God to it. And then you'll start seeing things happen and you'll be like, praise God because He's working in my mortal body. Mm-hmm. We're meant to do everything in the kingdom by the empowerment of grace. I'm talking about grace that empowers you. When we're ever talking about grace, they weren't just talking about patience and God, and God dealing with, and God letting you keep doing until you get it right. No. He was also, because ta- it talks about many forms of grace Paul talks about. So there's a grace that he's talking about that we go boldly to the throne and we receive because we have received resurrection power and when we go tap into the resurrection power of the pure heart, we get empowered to do what he's telling us to do. Because the resurrection power is empowering us to do what our flesh can't do. That's what resurre- everybody talks about. Oh, he has resurrection power. Oh my God, yeah. They sing about it, but they don't know about it. They sing about it, but they don't experience it. They don't encounter it because it's a form of godliness and denying the power. Resurrection power to what? Okay, resurrection power. And they say resurrection power is them going to heaven. But when he's talking about resurrection power, he's talking about your mortal body being able to walk like Christ. Through his spirit. Diverted spirits will always deal with sin to a carnal level, but never deal with the sin how God sees it. So when we have a spirit of diversion, we're always focused on sin in our life, but it's not even really what God's focusing on. He's focusing on the deeper issues. Like the Pharisees, they're like, Well, I I tithe and I I do that. And they're they're diverting themselves because God's like, you're not yet, but you're not focusing on the weightier matters of the law. You're not focusing on mercy and truth. How about that? But you're diverting and focusing on how great your actions are, but you don't understand a spirit is diverting you to, to, to be so glorifying of that because you're showing fruits, but they're not real fruits because you don't have real roots. Oh, well, Sally does this. She needs to stop doing that, but really it's something deeper. Bob does this because of this, but it's so much deeper than that. They do that because of why. Why do they do that? And how come when they stop trying to do that, they keep doing that? It's all about the heart. All about the heart. When our hearts are pure, we can see Him. And and God is His Word, so when we see Him, we see His Word. And when we see His Word, we become His Word. People like this will always look at the outside of the flesh But never look at their heart, the heart of things And there's this guy From work I was talking to And I'm like talking about The Lord and I was talking about like sinful People and all this stuff and he's like You know cause he does, he's in adultery and he's drinking And he's like oh well I fast And I I, I pray and I uh, read My scriptures in the morning so amen Yeah, Yeah I'm on the same page with you brother But he knows deep down inside what the Bible says About what he's doing but he's diverting it because he's using his works to justify him. And he's going to go to God. If he doesn't repent, I hope he repents. He's going to, If he doesn't repent, he's going to go to God and say, well, God, I prayed. We, we talk about the people that, you know, that are like cast out demons and all that. And God says, turn away from them. But how about the people that are like, well, I read my scripture. I went through the Bible five times a week. Went through the Bible. I read it with my family three times a year. I did this. I went to the Catholic church. I, drank, I ate the bread. I drank the wine. God, what more was I supposed to do? And he's like, where were you when I was poor? When I was, when I was sick? When I was homeless? When I was in jail? Where were you when I was somebody who was poor in spirit and needed the gospel? You weren't there because you didn't know the gospel. Matthew 7, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, enter into the kingdom, but only the one who does the will of my father. Not the will of the law. Not the will of religion, not the will of false grace, but the will of the Father. What does he want? What is he doing? Where is he going? Where is he at? I'm gonna be there. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Do we not drive out demons, perform away miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of a lawlessness. And these guys diverted themselves so much that they got them they were so high on their works, but they weren't high on Jesus. We our righteousness is in is because we are rightly aligned with Christ. Our righteousness is because we are one with Him, and we live by Him, we breathe with Him, we move with Him, and we, when we obey Him, we are righteous in His sight. But when we live according to our own rules, and we say, as long as these, I go by these rules, it doesn't matter if your rules are from the letter, or if your rules are from your own letter, you're not living by Christ who is righteousness. You see, they say righteousness is a title, but if you're not connected to Him, you don't have righteousness. They say, oh, we're righteous by the blood of the Lamb, but are you one with Him? And to be one with Him is to be one with the truth. And if you're not one with the truth, you're not one with Christ. And if you're not one with Christ, you're not one with righteousness. And then you see, you see these people, they get so, they're still struggling and struggling with sin because righteousness is not emanating from within them. Because, and then you see them, they're all, they're, they struggle with, 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 with addictions, they struggle with doing that, doing this, they're so worldly, they're so carnal, because righteousness is not, they're not in agreement with the truth, they're in agreement with the name of Christ, but that they're not in agreement with the word of Christ. When we have the word of Christ, we'll have the name of Christ, and when we have the name of Christ, we'll have Christ in us and through us. He says, if my words abide in you, I will abide in you. He didn't say, if my name abides in you, my name, will, I will abide in you. He said, if my words forsake all, follow me. Deny your flesh, pick up your cross, follow me. Do this, do that. De- love people. Cast down all the works of darkness. What is he saying today? And that's living by the words of Christ. And if you live by the words of Christ, he will live in you. And, the, and, and, you, and, and if you live by the words of Christ today, you're gonna keep, he's going to be in you. If you deny the words of Christ the next day, guess what? He's not going to be with you. Because he said, if my words are in you, I will be in you. What's so hard about that to understand? But people want to ignore that and divert that truth and say, "Well, he said, if we just believe on him, we'll be safe." Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> Many people try to divert God or others by using their works to justify them, because your works of ministry don't prove your sonship. Your character doesn't prove your sonship. They are fruits of your sonship, but they are not your sonship. Your sonship. Is your literal, it's not your confession of your oneness of God with God, it's your actuality of your oneness with God. Are you really one with God in spirit? Or are you just confessing it all the time? And it says that the sons of God, it says that those who are the sons of God, they will bear witness in their spirits through the Holy Spirit that they are the sons of God. That's right. Amen. And then we have people preaching these gospels that are like, oh, you just gotta confess to yourself, you're a son, you're a son, you're a son, you're a son. They go to Lakeland. Your son, your son, your son. California, your son, your son, your son. Arkansas, your son, your son. Kansas City, your son, your son, your son. And then they never actually become sons of of God and they never turn the world upside down because the truth makes you a son. And it says, and Paul was saying to his church of Corinthians, "I, I I have begotten you through the truth of the word of God. Paul gave birth to a people. Don't get religious on me. God did. Because God is the Word. But Paul said that he gave birth to a people, not through his own works and strength and everything that he was doing, through the truth of the Word of God. We are being begotten and we are becoming what we are to, We are saying and we are becoming through the truth of the Word of God. The truth of, and the spirit of truth make us one with God. Not our confessions. Your actions can show that you're a son of God, but they don't prove that you're a son of God. We know who's a son and daughter of God. See, if we get so fixed about what people are doing and saying, we can be deceived because people are moving in spirits of divination, spirits of diversions all the time. They're saying what you're saying, but they're not really living what you're living and really are what you are. You need to know who your brothers and sisters are by this right here, through your spirit. It says... You will know it says that you will know them by their love but love is not an outside thing it's by it's an inward thing it's something somebody possesses and when you're a spiritual person you have the discernment to know who your brothers and sisters are everything in God's ministry is by the spirit you know I'm a son of God I know that you're a daughter of God and a son of God what how not just not. By your works, they show it and prove it. But I know it by the Spirit. It's a knowing. The Spirit gives you faith that is knowing. It's it's, it's it, you know it. You can't deny it, and you have to convince yourself so hard to deny it. You know that you know, and when you know you're a son of God, you know well, you, when you are when you know, and you bear witness through the Spirit of God that you're a son of God. You'll know who is a son of God and who's not. And sometimes we don't know because, and we are, but because we need, we need to renew this right here. And then we can actually, because when the word aligns us with the spirit. When we have carnal mindsets, we're going to have carnal feelings. Mm. And when we get rid of our carnal mindsets, we purge out the carnal feelings. And then we start to feel what the spirit feels. And when we feel what the spirits feels and discerns, then we start to walk by the spirit. Walk by the spirit. But you can't walk by the spirit just walking by the, you just don't do it. You have to obey. You have to submit to the truth. People think that we can walk by the Spirit by just saying, "I'm going to walk by the Spirit." But if you're not submitting to the truth, you're going to walk by another Spirit. It's our relationship with God and our oneness with God. This Spirit will distract you from seeing and hearing in the Spirit, and it'll get you to see and here in the flesh. It'll get you focused. You can have discernment one day, and because you're getting giving into diverting spirits in others and yourself, you start to focus more on the flesh. You start to focus on people's demeanors. You start to focus more on... See, right now, I don't discern what anybody's going through right now by how you're looking at me. You see, my wife has a face like... like this right now. But that don't mean she's, she's, she doesn't like it. That don't mean she's mad at me. That doesn't mean she's in a bad place. I know in the Spirit, spiritually through the Holy Spirit, I can know all things because He knows all things. I only know all things because He knows all things. Not because I see it, but because I know it. And sometimes somebody has a face on and you just question what's going on, but you can only really know and only really operate to help that person through the Spirit. Everything is not what it seems. We need to remember that there is a greater realm than this realm. It's a spiritual realm. And you can't fight principalities and spirits living in the flesh and going by the flesh and seeing and hearing in the flesh. You need to see and hear and live by the Spirit, through the Spirit, in the Spirit, to beat the spiritual things of this earth. You want to overcome principalities? You need to live in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh, because the deeds of the flesh are the way the spirits get in we are spiritual beings. We need to live in a spiritual world by the reality that's in the spiritual realm. Praise God. Spirit, not flesh. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 and 16. And he died for all that those who live no longer live for themselves but live for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one according to the flesh that can mean a whole lot of things I'm not going to regard you according to your race according to where you're from or anything like that but I'm also not going to regard you according to you know because he, he could have been talking about Jews he could have been talking about you know the Gentiles we no longer regard people by their flesh meaning whether they're they're, if they're Jew or not we regard them by the Holy Spirit if God fills them with the Spirit but really how about this we no longer regard people by the flesh by what how they seem in the flesh how they look in their face, how what they're doing in the outside realm, what what you're seeing in the, with these eyes and ears. But when you go by these eyes and ears that are right here in your spirit, in your heart, in the spirit of your heart, Amen. then you can know all things because that's where He lives in you. Not by facial expressions, not by enticing words, not by actions and... It, if you have a spirit of Jezebel, it will fool you with enticing words of man. But by the spirit, the all-knowing spirit of God. We want to beat this spirit, we need, to pass, we need to look past the skin and bones. We need to look past what we're looking at, and we need to look into what he's looking into. We need to hear, feel, see, and know spiritually with the eyes of our heart, of our spirit, what actually is happening and occurring if you don't do that you're not going to be successful in ministry straight up if you're not living by it, the spirit your spirit that bears because your spirit is bearing witness with the Holy Spirit your spirit is is holy and that's why your spirit is able to connect with God because you've been born again your flesh this is going to die away so when you go by this flesh you're going by the flesh and then you get fooled by the flesh and you live by the flesh and the flesh starts living on you but when you live by the Spirit, and you bear witness with the Spirit, you're able to bear witness with the truth about everything. That person could be crying outside, but be smiling on the inside. You can see somebody crying, and you think something wrong with them, but they could be really smiling on the inside. They could be smiling on the outside, but be crying on the inside. You think they're so great, and they're actually depressed. Dancing, singing with joy, I already said that, why do I keep repeating that? Spiritual people seeing everything spiritually See the deeper things that the carnal eyes and the carnal minds cannot see Your carnal mind cannot see But when your carnal mind becomes a spiritual mind Then your spiritual mind Because it says the word of God discerns all thoughts and intentions of the heart And then when you really get there Then your mind, your whole being starts knowing without a doubt Then that's why we need the truth So that we can know what is going on in the spirit without doubt And this mind cannot stop me Go by how things seem and the devil will make you see how things how he wants you to see. Mm-hmm. You want to go by what, how things look in the flesh or how things seem in the flesh? You're going to go, The devil is going to play with you. He's going to play games with you. He's going to be like, ha, now you think people are offended with you and nobody's offended with you. He would throw diversions at you. All, and I've struggled with that personally. I see somebody looking at me weird. I'm like, oh, he's offended with me. Huh? But the devil's like, "Oh, I, oh, I got you there. I got, you to, I got you to look at that, but I had nothing to do with even... They actually are for you, and you're not, And they're not against you. We need to live by the Spirit. You, and then He's, he's going to start throwing... You live by that? You start living by that one little bit, He's going to keep throwing diversions at you all the way. He's going to start bringing random people up to you, and you're going to think you're in another world. That's why you need to live by the Spirit. He's going to keep throwing diversions at you if you give in, start giving in to them. And then all of a sudden your whole life is diverted. Because you're living by the flesh. Then your life starts becoming like the flesh. And you become a diverter with the rest of them. And you start diverting people that are spiritual. Because you're so far in the flesh. You're so far in a delusion that you start trying to... Then because you believe the delusions is diversion so much. This is how people get cold. They go from hot to cold. And then they start diverting, coming back in the church. Because that's where they're from. That's where they were begotten. They still think they're Christian. Then they start diverting spiritual people. And it says... I mean, my goodness, Stephen says turn away from those people. But we do things by the Spirit. Because people that are coming with their, own, with their own wants and their own delusions and they're in another place and they don't want it, guess what, you're wasting. And that's what I've come to learn. We waste our time sometimes with people because if they don't want it, they're not going to get it. And you're trying to get them to get it. They don't want it. Don't they don't want it. Where's the next one? Jesus is passing them by and you're like, and Jesus is like and then you're like why do I not feel fire when I'm ministering to this person nothing because Jesus is like because the fire is over there bro with that person that's in the back doesn't know me and wants to know me We we need to understand and where we can see people that look broken and this is for you guys on the streets we can see people that look broken not saying that you guys did this I'm saying for example I've been there we see people that are broken, so destitute, they're homeless, and you like feel bad for them. But you can go by false compassion because they're there because they want the world. And God had to humble them. And then you're trying to get them a place to stay and do all this and give them money. And God's like, oh, what are you doing? Now you're ruining them from getting saved. What are you doing? I'm trying to bring them to a low state, putting them on the street. And you're trying to bring them back to life. And then, they come, and then they're, they're, everything's okay, and they're, they're in the church with you now. And now they're, they're making a mess in your church or they're making a mess in your household because they want the world. And they're supposed to be out there and stay out there. Or, or, you're, or you see a broken person that you're trying to, and you feel false compassion and you try to help them and you're not discerning by the Spirit and then, you're, and then they're taking you around in circles with them. They're like, taking you around, taking you around, taking you around. Then they start directing you. Then they start controlling you. Then they start manipulating you. Then, they, then, you, then you start to become their eunuch. Spiritual people said that. You want to beat the spirit? You need to be in the spirit. Galatians 5.16 So I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh craves that that is what is of contrary of the spirit. And the spirit, what contrary, what is contrary to the flesh they are opposing to each other so that you do not do what you want. So when we are seeing and doing everything by the flesh, we're going to actually start opposing the Spirit of God and, and our spirit inside of us. And then we wonder why we're quenching the Holy Spirit and why we can't even feel Him anymore. Because we went by the flesh and we're like, well, I'm not trying to quench you, God. I'm not trying to come against you. But He's like, you came against me when you went in the flesh. Because I'm not, I'm not enmity with that stuff in the, in the flesh. I'm not enmity with, with carnal things, with carnal thinking and carnal ways. And you just did that, so you can't really came against me. So we need to live by the Spirit. We need to see by the Spirit. We see by the flesh. We're going to start living in the enemy's camp, and we're going to start fighting against God and not even knowing it. They're opposing the one another. And some people don't even know that they're at war with God, because if you're in the flesh, you're at war with God. Because the Spirit, it's a law of the Spirit. The Spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. They're at war with each other. It's automatic so you walk in the flesh guess what you're going to start walking against God this is why it's so important it's not just oh I walk in the flesh no now you're this is this is we need to not gratify the deeds of the flesh we're going to start tolerating spirits some of us are diverting ourselves I'm on the last page so relax Yeah, I know you want to go home some of us are diverting spirits diverting ourselves God's convicting us, and then we're making excuses within ourselves. I'm, not, I'm talking about outside of people, outside of anybody else. I'm talking about when you're alone on your bed, and God's convicting you, and then you feel the conviction, you know it, but you're trying to make excuses. Well, I did this, well, I'm this, and I'm no way, that can't be blah, 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 blah. And then we're just diverting God, and then people come to us because then they get dreams or something, and then you start diverting them, and you're just a mess. Conviction comes or condemnation comes to get us back on track, and we divert it and fight it. We deflect it, we reject it. God convicts us in our hearts and our thoughts, and we divert it to the the fact that we do this and we do that, that we don't do or we don't do this. So I I said that before about not about we, we start living by what we do because when we reject the Spirit of God. We need something to live off of because if we're not living off the tree of life, we're going to start living off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when we reject the tree of life, when we reject conviction, we're rejecting the, 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 the segue that keeps us in the tree of life. And then we start living by the tree of good and evil. And we start living by. When we live by what we do and what we don't do, we're living by what is good and what is evil. And when we live by what is good and what is evil, we're living by the law and we're living by death. What is going to kill us? Because the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the kingdom is what breathes life in us. Living by that. We, see, we know good and evil, but we don't live by good and evil. Good and evil is we know what's good and what's evil, but we don't live off of that in the sense that good, what we do according to those things governs us and, and, and justifies us. Christ and His righteousness and eating from the tree of life justifies us, but we don't eat off of that. We still know those things, but we don't live off of those things. For our salvation. Adam and Eve went from living justified because of God, and then they started living justified because of what they were doing. We need to trust in him when he convicts us and we fall into condemnation, or else and when he when we fall into conviction and condemnation, we need to trust what he's doing. Because he says it says that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So when we've come out of Christ. We're gonna fall into condemnation because God's not a liar. How can we how can we be in Christ and have condemnation? That's what the Bible says. So when we're in condemnation, we're coming out of Christ. How do we come out of Christ? We come out of the truth. And whether it be in areas or one area of our life, and we feel condemnation because we're out, because the world was created. When Adam and Eve left the garden, the world was submersed in condemnation. Everybody that everybody would, that would live by would be condemned. But now with Christ, we can come out of the, of the world's condemnation and we can live by him. But when we come out of him, then we get back into the world and we get back into feeling that condemnation. And some of us are, have condemnation in areas of our life, but we keep trying to cast it down. We keep, we keep trying to come against condemnation, but condemnation is like, no, I'm coming against you so I can get you back on the track. And we keep trying to fight it and we keep trying to, I can't be condemned, Stop, stop Satan but the accuser of the brethren can only get in because you let him in so that's why it says that they overcame the accuser of the brethren through the blood of Jesus what does the blood of Jesus do why was it the blood of Jesus able to wash away the 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 accuser of the brethren because when the accuser comes it's because he has something on you and then the blood comes and washes what he says away because we turn away from what from from where we messed up and we come to him and then the blood keeps us Shuts him up, but we are sitting here. We're not taking the blood and trying to come the accuser of the brethren with the blood. We're trying to come overcome the accuser of the brethren with our words and say, "Stop condemning me, blah blah." blah. I command you to stop condemning. Me. But God's like, you need to turn away. You need to drink the blood, and then he'll stop condemning you, because he doesn't have power over the blood. But when you don't have the blood in the area of your life that the blood needs to be in, then he starts having power over you and then you stay condemned and then you're still always and then then when people are condemned oh let me get let me get here when people are condemned then they come to a state where they're so condemned that they start they start acting in another way to the point where they start becoming a victim they start every time you come to them they push it back on you that's really what sometimes really where diversion comes from is because we're, con- we're we're walking in condemnation and we're trying to fight it and we're trying to live this Christian life but we're pushing everything away because the condemnation has wounded our hearts so much. But we need to just get right with the truth, and then we can push that away. And then we can live free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, but who you set free, when you set yourself free to the world, you're not free indeed. You're free in sin. And you're free in what you want to do. So that's why the truth is here to gird us back when we fall. And when we know the truth, And when we come against the truth, that's why condemnation comes. Don't, this is what i say, don't divert it, and God won't divert you. Don't divert the truth, don't divert his conviction, don't divert even condemnation, or what he's saying to you, and he won't divert you, he won't redirect you back to yourself. And he'll actually say, come come on to me, you faithful and you faithful servant. I, I'm pleased with you. Now, real quick, I just want to touch on Sambalette and Tobiah. And Sambalette and Tobiah were really just trying to stir up, they were trying to take out the walls. What's the matter? What? <laughs> And I'm going to skip to, I was going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to skip here. Huh? What's the matter? Six, Samuel, uh, Nehemiah 6, 6. Or Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 6. It was reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to... And he's telling this to Nehemiah. And he, and he kept telling Nehemiah to, oh, come meet with us. Mind you, Sambalat and Tobiah had mischief spirits, had diverting spirits. I had a guy on Facebook the other day, and he was just trying to, he just came on. The post had nothing to do about what he's talking about, and he starts rebuking people on my comments, uh, starting to rebuking me for no reason, about something that the post had nothing to do with. It was all a distraction. It was all to get me diverted, or the other person diverted, so that we can focus on him, and then to get us offended with him, and get and steal the oil. And Jehoshaphat let, tolerated those spirits, got distracted by Sambalet and Tobiah, and then he let him in the city. And then he let them go to the inner temple, and then they took the oil. And he's trying to tell, and they're trying to tell Nehemiah to come meet with him. Come hang out with me. Let's go meet up. Let me come to your church. Let's hang out. But Nehemiah's like, no, we're busy. We're building a wall. I don't got time for diverting and distracting spirits. I don't got time for people that are just going to come and fuss and fight and be goats in, my, in the ministry. He says, no, I'm not. It was reported among the nations that Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. So this diverting spirit will work with a, the spirit, of divin, a spirit of divination, or not a really a spirit of divination, but a spirit of, of uh, it's like a, tw- a like Leviathan, trying to twist what you're doing. And trying to make you feel like a rebel. Trying to get you focused over what you're doing so that you feel like what you're doing is not of God. So he's saying this. He's saying that, I, I hear that you, Nehemiah, and you Jews, you plan to rebel against the king. But mind you, if you read the story, the king sent Nehemiah out. So this is all false, what he's saying. It was false accusations trying to get you to accuse to become the accuser of the brethren so that you can come out of to get at sin. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are building the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. So he's saying, he's saying that you're building the wall, Nehemiah, because you just want to be the king over them. You just want to be, you know, the man. You want to be the new king. And that's not what he's trying to do. But he's trying to get, see what the spirit is trying to do. He's trying to get him focused so he gets, he's like, well, maybe I am. Maybe he's right. Maybe I got, it. maybe I'm, this is all prideful work. Meanwhile, he was sent by God. It's trying, and if he gave into to that spirit, he would have he would, he he been diverted to focus on himself and then, and then come into a false, a false conviction people will convict you so that you can come in agreement with that conviction and think it's the conviction of the lord then i sent him saying no such things as you say are being done but you invent them in your own heart so people with diverting spirits will come to this ministry will come to god's ministry and they will come to and they will make up things in their own mind say that you did said this about me you did this or you're doing that. Or you're, you're, you're preaching that. And it's far from the truth because they made it up in their own mind. And it's all to get you distracted. It's all to get you focused off of what God is having you do in the season that you're in. And it's to get you out of the Spirit. They're all, And then Nehemiah is talking. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. These people with this, these spirits, they will bring an element of fear into it. And they will say, Oh, if you don't repent... You're on you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're, you're building the wall. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're guarding God's ministry and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And then they'll say, oh, you better repent because if you don't repent, that, your whole, we had a woman in here one time that said our whole ministry was going to fall apart if we don't repent to whatever she was saying. Yeah, it, was the, it was a diversion so it can get us all in fear and then we get focused off of what God said and what God's saying up there and what He's doing up here and what He's doing in you. And then you can go, oh man, Where do we we fall from the truth? And then we start trying to dive in our past and we can't even find anything. And then we're so busy for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to find something that's not even there because we just got diverted by a spirit of diversion. Verse 13, (coughs) For this reason he was hired that I should be afraid and act away in sin. These spirits are raising up to get you to act in a way that you would sin and that it would steal the oil from you. Remember Jehoshaphat, he took them into the the city because he fell for it and they stole the the things from the inner temple. And they were living there. It said in the Bible they were living in the inner temple. You don't want to have those two mischief spirits living in the inner temple and then the oil will run dry. So that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. That they might find something on me. And spirits are gonna come when you're doing what you're supposed to do, and they're gonna try to find something in you that's not even there, so they so, they, so you can come in agreement with it, and then they divert your whole destiny. That I've seen whole destinies uh, 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 turned down and diverted and left on the, on the, on, the, on the on the on the wall because somebody came, the wrong person spoke, and they didn't know about these spirits and gave in. But I say, in hot house of truth, we will know and we will discern anything and everything that comes to the, that comes to the walls in the spirit in our lives. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna tolerate any spirit. We're not gonna come in agreement. We're gonna love all flesh, but we're gonna hate every spirit of the kingdom of darkness. And we're gonna bring the, 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 the kingdom of light. And we're not gonna and we're, any country we go in. We're not gonna we're not gonna give it or tolerate any spirit. And, and in this ministry, this is so important for us to hear, because in this ministry especially, everybody's being raised up, and, and whether you're in a place of leadership or not, you're going to have to deal with this to some level. And then you need to check yourself, because then you're gonna end, then those spirits are going to make you feel like you're in sin and you're not. They're going to make you feel like you're lost and you're not. That's what this thing is out to do. It's out to cause mischief, to, to, to confuse you, to mess you up, and to get you to think otherwise about what God is thinking about you and God's saying. So we need to discern this we need to we need to yearn for God. Jay, so Did you want to say anything? I'm done. Amen. And God, I pray right now, Father, for every single person in this house. I thank you, Lord, that just stand up too. Sure, I just uh went off. for almost how long was it, two hours? One hour three, two minutes. Wow, I thought it was longer than that. That's good. So just, just put out your hands like this, like you're receiving. Say, say, Father. 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 I want two things. I want two things. If there's any diverting spirit in me, any diverting spirit in me I want it out. I want it out. I don't want to divert the truth. I don't want to divert, I want to divert, you. I want to divert you. I don't want to divert your ministry and your people when they're ministering by the Spirit. And the second thing, Father, I don't want to be the diverted. I want to have sharp discernment. And I want to know all things that you know pertaining for this life and this ministry that you've called us to. Increase our discernment, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you Father Release fire God right now On all of us to burn up any spirit God Expose the thing in us God I thank you Lord that this is a safe place Father Nobody's here to bring anybody down But we're here to bring down the kingdom of darkness We're here to bring down the flesh We're here to bring down any move of the enemy And we're for each other But we're not for the enemy And I thank you Lord that you would do a work in us God Carve our hearts To it's perfect shape God Cut out all the draws Father Cut out all the things that hang there, God. All the things-